I was cramping a little bit the whole game. It was really it was annoying me a lot, but um, I was yeah, I was, my, I was just cramping all over. But I was I was so excited that everyone was swarming me. It was, it was a great feeling for the whole team. Yeah, I mean, I said, listen, we know this isn't our best game. We haven't had it all night, but we got to come together. We have to score right now. I mean, there's no way we're going to lose this game. And we played about. About as bad as we could have. We almost we tried to give him the game in as many ways as we could, but I'm proud of the way we finally came together and got that one. Look, Shelton is the measuring stick for good football in, in the SEC. And, uh, you know, Shelton come, coming off of a, a, a bye uh, and, and the type of kid that Shelton has and how good of a staff, they, uh, how good of a job they do as a staff. I mean, you, you had to know you were going to get the best Shelton had to offer, and it was phenomenal. And we're the ones celebrating, but it, it was one. One hell of a high school football game. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, you know, we battled, they battled. It was uh, both teams laid it all on the field. Doesn't get any better than that on Friday night. You know, I love to come out the winner, but uh, you know, give them credit. They made the plays at the end, and uh, it was a great high school football game. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and with me, as always, Peter McGuire. Peter, how are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> great. What a great week this great was. Great week. Unbelievable week, as we thought it was going to be the last two weeks of high school football in Connecticut. It's tremendous. Uh, at the top of the show, you heard from in the wild. I always say the wild scene. It was a wild scene at the surf club. You heard from. Dave Mastrani, the head coach of hand football, talking about the, the Tigers' comeback victory over Shelton in an absolute barn burn. There's another thing I say all the time. An absolute barn burn at the <laughs> surf club. 21-14 uh, to 14 over Shelton. You heard from Dave Mastriani. You heard from Colin McCabe. And then you heard from Phoenix Billings. And, of course, you heard from a pretty – he seemed pretty calm. Jeff Roy kind of really summed the game up. In a perfect, uh, you know, send off there, saying it was just a great high school game. But the Gales have just got to be. You were saying it to me when we talked about it after the game, how crushed they were that they yeah. could not pull this off and end hands two year winning streak. But you know what? The Gales, as we thought they would, the Gales showed up and they really gave it a run. But Hand comes back, just a gutsy effort by Phoenix and the guy Pete. You were there. What happened? It was. It, to, to go off what you said, it was wild. I mean, you were sitting there, and, and Hand has notoriously started slow every game this year. Well, yeah, like. for, for them. For them. Well, you know, 10 points against Xavier in the first half last mm -hmm. week, uh, you know, the Weatherfield game. But then they always just get going. And you were kind of, I'm just sitting there on the sideline, and I was with a friend of the program, Dan Zampano. And I'm like, they're going to get going. 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 And they never did. Shelton's defense played Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Now, like if you as uh, we as we, yeah. we we implored them to do, yeah, they 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 just shut down the passing game. Uh, it was everything. It was just crazy. Like Phoenix Billings, Phoenix Billings said in the video, if you watched it, they did hand tried their hardest to lose this game. <laughs> he said it in in some form or fashion. Like they did everything to get in the way of trying to win this game. They a lot of penalties, a lot of bad turnovers, uncharacteristic. Of hand, but that's just Shelton put them in those situations. Like I don't want to take anything away from Shelton, but it came down to the wire, and you know they got the ball at midfield after a great return by Shane Rayner on a on a on a pooch kick, and then Phoenix Billings just went to work, and and Phoenix Billings showed why he's one of the best players in the state. He might not have had the best game, but when his team needed him the most, trailing late, he led them down the field. A lot of uh, he took a lot of runs himself, completed a pass or two. They got Colin McCabe involved. Now Colin 
like he had said, you know, he was cramping a lot during the game, but you know, he 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 sucked it up uh, at the end and 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 scored the game-winning touchdown. But you know, this could have all went away with the fumble. Oh yeah. I mean, I I tweeted it out because it was so chaotic at the end of the game that I couldn't really get everything out because I nice wanted to make sure I got everything. Great pass over the middle, of Isaiah McNeely. And I don't know who was on Shelton, but he pops the ball out, and everybody, you just felt like everyone at the surf club. <gasps> yeah. And it just bounces yeah. right to Seth Switzer, Switzer. And, you know, credit to him because we've seen a lot of kids try and pick up the ball. Oh, yeah. You know, Get on it. he just dove on it. He basically just like dove on the yeah. grenade. And he got they got the ball, a big run by McCabe, and then the touchdown later. And they won the game. They're undefeated still. I mean, just it was such – it might have been – Probably the best high school game I've been at in a couple of years. Yeah, look at you. Um, finally, a, a good game. But, I mean, it was wild. It, it, there were some lulls in the game. The defense has played so well. At one point, I was like, there's no way Shelton scores the rest of this game. And uh, they were able to go down. Um, Tyler P- uh, uh, Pidjack from Shelton is an, Pidjack. Pidjack is an unbelievable football player. He was all over the field on Friday night, and there were a lot of tears mm. on that and that Shelton huddle at the end of the game. They gave it their all, man. Yeah, they they littered, they left everything out there, and it was kind of crushing to see because now their play, if they would have won that game, they put themselves in a much better position. Now they have to win against Prep, they have to win on Thanksgiving, and then they have to pray. Yeah, you know, if you got rosary. I know they pray after every game, um, or they 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 say a prayer, Shelton, before every game. I should say. Uh, yeah, make sure you get those prayers together, guys, because you're gonna need them on Thanksgiving uh, because. It's tight now. It's not looking great. They yep. still are alive, but we, you know we'll get that in a second. Need a Just, lot of things to happen, right? They okay. do. But I was at Cheshire versus Sheehan over at the McClary Complex. Jake Macklin doing three touchdowns and uh, a bunch of turnovers, and they basically uh, ha- handled Terrence Bogan and, the, and Sheehan. Sheehan, another team that you know needs to win to the end, but it looks a lot better for them. She- Cheshire's not in quite yet, but on the verge. Anyway, we're all sitting there at the end of the game. Just following your tweets, we're like, Pete can't go fast enough on these tweets, Yeah, man. people are, like, <laughs> freaking out, like, hand scores. So I was like, I have to get it up. But then they call time. They line up for the they line up for the extra point. So I was like, all right, I got to get it out. Yeah. So I put that he scored, you know, XP pending. I got people tweeting at me, they should go for two. They should go for two. Yeah. So then they line up. They go for two. They get it. Um, it, is- it was crazy. And you know what the best, the funniest part of it is um, – there's all everyone was tweeting me about the prep kids in the background of, of McCabe's touchdown going nuts. Yeah, that's everyone's <laughs> like, why are Fairfield prep kids going nuts? This and this, and it's like, guys, they play Shelton next week. They're in ninth right now in Double yeah. L. Like, and we're gonna get to that. So Shelton losing that game is huge for huge prep. for Fairfield. Now prep. If they can beat Shelton, I think, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but they will control their own destiny in some in some fashion. So that was huge for them. They were going nuts in the background. It was it was hysterical, and that's. And that's the beauty of high school sports yeah. right there. I mean, the place was Jeff packed. Had Shelton, the Finn fanatics were going nuts at, at, at the surf club. The hand fans were going crazy. The hand band is crushing it. I mean, it was it was a wild scene. Yeah, really amazing game there. And, uh, you know, what can you say? Shelton laid it all on the line. You know what? If you're not going to get – if you don't get in the playoffs, you know what? Hang your hat on that game. You didn't win. You'll be talking about it forever. You know what? That game defined this Shelton team. Lost the Cheshire guys were all like, you know, we just we just think we surprised them, you know. Nobody was really thinking too much about Cheshire. They think they just surprised them. And then Newtown's good, so that's back to back. Those are two tough Those games. Those are they lost to two top ten, three top ten teams, two 
you know, really good teams in Newtown in hand and a Cheshire team that obviously big win against Shelton. We're still trying to figure out, we're still trying to gauge how good Cheshire really is. Well, they're <coughs> clearly good enough to be Shelton, so they're oh, right yeah. there. No, which they're is right another there. reason why they shouldn't be down in Tier 2 well, that's, SEC. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to get oh. to. It's like, you but, know, we're trying to gauge how good they are. Yes, they showed up for the Shelton game. Um, so. obviously, and, you know, they're a talented team, but Newtown and Hand are two of the best teams in the state. I mean, those are possibly two state title I think, winners. I think Cheshire wants to feel like they belong in that conversation with Hand, but guys, guess what? They're going to, well, you know what? Cheshire's going to have a shot because they if they get in, and it looks like they uh, they will no matter what happens on Thanksgiving, Cheshire's going to have the chance to play Newtown, Darien, Southern. Well, they're going to play Southern until Thanksgiving. So we're going to. I got to talk to you though, Pete, about this. You as soon as that you were all fired up after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. But it was crazy. You said you were going to riot. I'm going to. If Shelton isn't in the top ten, or, or yeah, what? I right. said if Shelton's not in the top ten, well, they're I not riot. in the top ten. I know, and it's absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take my headphones off. I think that it is such a crime, and I get why. So Shelton is currently 15th in the poll. They moved up one spot. You know, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to bash our voters and, and this and this. Well, but I didn't vote them in the top ten. I, I have them. I have them in mind. You got. In you your have to wait. Yeah, you have to wait. Their three losses compared to teams. You Look, I like do. Simsbury. Simsbury's eight and one. They lost the best game on their schedule easily. They mm. haven't beaten anybody. Right. You look at the other teams who are ahead of them. You know. You need to balance it, but you also need to not. You know, they're still losses. Yeah, they are still losses, but a touchdown, be ahead of them. a touchdown to both of them. They were a fumble away. You know, everybody, nobody penalized Greenwich for losing to Darien. Nobody did. You're right. Nobody did. They didn't move a spot. But they it also haven't one, lost again. Yes, but it was one play mm-hmm. away. Right. Shelton was one play away. They were one bounce away well, here's from the, here's beating the, real the number question. one team in the here's state. Here's the real question, though, and I know St. I was getting a lot of retweets and faves from St. Uh, Joe guys. Yeah. I covered St. Joe's like four times this year, and none of those kids followed me. Then all of a sudden, hands losing, <laughs> and all of a sudden, my followers <laughs> just start blowing up. I, I saw Davey, Davey Siles. I saw that you followed me. I did a story on you. Yeah. You didn't even follow me. But when hands losing, they all come out of the woodwork oh, yeah. to follow me. They don't want to hear about your Disney Plus, you know, all your Disney <laughs> Plus tweets, I guess. Or maybe no, they heavyweights do. Heavyweights is a classic. But I just think that you need to wait these losses because what's going to happen at the end of the season is that if Shelton doesn't make the playoffs and goes 7-3, and three, they're going to be forgotten. And that's not fair. I, I, that's not fair because they played, you could argue, they played the hardest schedule in the state this year. Let's take a quick look at the top ten before we get to the who, who's in and who's out of the state playoffs and what some of the scenarios are. Um, uh, number one is hand stays in number one. You can make an argument, and uh, sh- they should have maybe dropped a little bit if you're going to start doing the— I believe uh, St. Joe's picked up three first-place votes. Three first-place votes. So that's good. I still voted hand number one because, you know what, that show, you're going to have those one, that one game a year, and sh- hand schedule versus St. Joe's is a little better, just yeah. a little bit. Not quite— you know, I think the Saint, highs for St. Joe's. Saint play Darien, they yeah. don't play Greenwich. The so. highs for St. Joe's schedule, I think, are better. They play, you know, New Canaan, who was highly ranked when they played. Ridgefield was highly ranked That's when they big, played. That's their biggest win. Those are their biggest. And they but their low games, their low. Their low games are, are just bad. Yeah. And hands, you know, low games are better. And their, their, their top games might not be as high as okay. St. Joe's, but St. Joe's bottom of their schedule is not good. They're only they're only twenty something points twenty six points away, so um, St. Joe's number two, Darian number three, Darian with you know congrats to Rob Chaffone on getting his two hundredth victory, two hundred fiftieth victory, yeah. uh, career. That Don't sell him short. That includes McMahon. <laughs> uh, number four is Greenwich, and speaking of Greenwich, we are going to have the head coach of Greenwich High School, Anthony Morello, on the phone, an alumni. I think he's that he might be their first alumni. In, 
ever to coach the team. I didn't even think about that, but we'll talk to him in a little bit. They beat up on Ridgefield uh, uh, 27 to 7. Again, it's a little bit close. You were at that yeah, game, too. Yeah, I would bit say than, the than score doesn't really indicate Ridgefield was. Well, again, one bounce away from making that a, a one-score game in the third quarter, but they fumbled the ball on the one. Granite picked p- picked it up, and they kind of just put the and that was kind of really all Richfield had. They Richfield was pulling everything out of their hat. Yeah, they ran they two fake game. punts. They successfully ran two fake punts. That's the benefit of having your backup quarterback who can sling the ball as your punter. I mean, and they give him leeway to make calls. It seems like you know he does the rugby style. Yeah, so he catches the punt. He'll run out and yeah. kind of survey everything. And he'll punt or he'll pull it or he'll throw. And he had a rushing one. He had a throwing one. I mean, it was wild. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Number five is Newtown, which, you know, uh, gained some ground on Greenwich there. They are only six measly points behind. So I, I, think, I think some people might be listening to the show. Newtown has played a better schedule, schedule than Greenwich, Newtown Gary and St. Joe's, and Hand. Newtown schedule is ridiculous. They are in in Class Double L. Bloomfield wipes the floor up with Berlin, as we kind of expected. Yeah. Um, they're at number six. Number seven is Southington, which got into the Class Double L playoffs. Number eight, Ansonia, with another tight game for Seymour. You got to start to worry about Ansonia a little bit. I would, you know, you look at the last two results against. Some good teams in the NVL, but they're not the type of teams that these all so these this, other teams. This play. is another thing that confuses me. It's like Hand plays a close game. They Pete's all fired up they, today. They uh, they lose some votes, right? Yep. Greenwich plays a tight game. They don't get penalized. Yeah. And Sonia plays. You know, um, Richfield lost. They dropped out. Um, they uh, they were penalized. And Sonia's played two tight games against the NVL who we're going to have to go back, but when was the last time a non-Ansonia NVL team won a playoff game? Yet they're not penalized. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they should, but there's no consistency with our voting. I don't think this is the, one of the strongest. I mean, again, they lost their receiver being in the year. I, I just don't and in, I don't think it's a, it's a dominant, typical Ansonia team. I feel kind of personally that Ansonia at 8 is a little too much, guys. I, well, I, should they be 10, maybe? But number nine is Cheshire, which Jake Macklin, man, that kid's great. He's funny. He was like Sheehan was talking all star smack on the on social media. Well, apparently Cheshire was too. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> but you know what? To the victor go the spoils. And Jake Macklin and let, let Sheehan have it. He's a senior. He didn't care. So uh, you know, Cheshire's just a few points away from qualifying in Class Double L. And number ten, look at this, back Maloney, in. back so- in the back of the ten spot, your boy. Angel, Arcee, and Maloney absolutely destroying Windsor, which, you know, I kind of thought that. Would I think Windsor is just kind of which week are they going to show up. Yeah, that's kind of like. You know, they week. rallied. The Spartans rallied after that crushing loss to Newington. I mean, that was – Maloney was winning that game 14 nothing, Yeah. And they lost. And they've been on the other side of that. They really responded, beat Weathersfield, beat Windsor. We talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. That's just going to be a hard stretch in the CCC because Windsor, Newington, Weathersfield, Maloney, they all play each other, and they all beat each other up. And, uh, you know, Maloney's got a chance. I mean, they're in, but they have a chance to go 9-1, and one, get a home game at Falcon Field. And, uh, you know, they went to the finals last year. Obviously, this year, L's a lot stronger, but I don't think it would be a surprise to see Maloney in the semifinals again. And this is a young Maloney team. 
Angel Arcee's a sophomore. James yeah. Harvard's a great junior. job by those Kevin and those guys getting back to the playoffs. The third straight year in the playoffs. Oh, That's really, I, really great job. By I have them. something to pick on Maloney about. I didn't ask Kevin after the game last week. Instead of poison on a punt, they say Peter. Okay. And I don't know why. So Sean McFarland thinks it's be, it's it's directed at me. <laughs> no, I do. I, I I took it personal. I'm like, why are they yelling? Why are they yelling, Peter? <laughs> you gotta ask them about that. Um, so let's take a quick, let's take a look at who else is uh, qualified. We have, I believe, eleven teams have now qualified for the state playoffs. Twenty one spots left. There are twenty one spots. Nice touch by Matt Fisher of CIAC actually putting that in. Yep. The uh, the the real time qualifying stats. And he, the teams alive. There's fifty three teams still alive. And if you follow Game Time CT on Twitter or on Instagram, you know that if you get into the state playoffs, you get a little card. You get a little motion card with a little, some highlights from your team in there. We like to make a big deal out of you getting to the playoffs because we think it's a big deal it if is you a get big in. Deal. It's absolutely a big deal. So as I read off the teams we uh, that have made it, I'm going to play you the music. Now, quick, quick note on this. If I can, or if we have it, I try to. Th- you like this though, Pete? I try to throw in the team's fight song. I like it. Yeah, so, I like it except for St. Joe's. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> because uh, because I, I it was a new thing this year. We got a lot more Instagram uh, love, so you know we figured we add a little sound bite to it. it. Used to be just a gif before. We're just so. getting better and better. So here are the teams that have qualified in Class Double O. Number uh, one right now is Darian. They clinched with their victory over Norwalk, a dominating win. I love that tune. Uh, <laughs> number two is your boys from Newtown. That's right, Newtown in for I think it's the eighth time or eighth, seventh or eighth time in the last nine or eight or nine years. Congratulations. Cheshire still hasn't clinched yet, but number four, Southington, which I don't know why you're playing the Notre Dame fight. I, I love it. Do they have a fight? Song? I don't know. Grant, uh, Greenwich plays it too. Uh, I mean, the Notre Dame. I thought, the, just listen, leave that for the Notre Dames here. Find a fight song, man. <laughs> Simsbury, which, <laughs> here it is. Simsbury back in the state playoffs for the first time when they went back-to-back in 08 and 09. Congratulations to Dave Masters and the guys. They weren't, it wasn't showing up on the scoreboard here, but after some quick calculations, realizing that Hamden could match them, but they share bonuses with South Windsor, so Simsbury is in. Class L. Hand beating Shelton put them in. Not only that, they get a home game at the Surf Club. And there it is. I, I love that. On Wisconsin, baby. On Wisconsin. St. Joe. <laughs> I couldn't find their their uh, their fight song or their alma mater. Uh, so we had to throw in Pete's favorite song. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> Which they play after they win all That's the games. only reason why I don't like it, is that it's post-game interviews, and they're just blaring Sweet Caroline at like <laughs> 300%. If someone wants to get me the uh, St. Joe alma mater, I'm more than... If the kids want to sing it for me, I'll record it, and we can use it for future seasons. Uh, your boys, Maloney. They're in. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on them. I just found some pep rally uh, that their their band played. So there you go. I think it's kind of marching into the playoffs. Going over to Class M. Ya boys. Rocket, baby. Rockville. In. Uh, with their, that was another late, late breaker when we saw that North Brantford beat. <laughs> speaking of crazy scores, North Brantford beat Morgan like 30, 70. Well, what was it? 72 is the beginning of basketball season. 
Yeah, <laughs> North Bradford getting a little jump on basketball season. 72-32 victory over Morgan, which was just absolutely crazy. Ned Griffin brought that one down. So they are in, and uh, it's there are so many games outstanding here because a lot of these teams are playing extra games, uh, especially down in the SMSA, the uh, ATIs of the world, and Thames River. So, uh, so it's a lot more up in the air. So that is Class M. And finally, in Class S, Bullard Havens is in. I didn't have a fight song for them, so I just used uh, Chris Pace talking over it. And Sonia, they're in with a little Rocky music. That's what they run out to. And, uh, and of course, Bloomfield, they get in. They don't also don't have a fight song that I could find. So, so those are your top three. Bullard Havens, Ansonia, Bloomfield, all in. That leaves five spots left. So let's give you the quick, quick rundown of what who can get in this week and who's going to be getting in next week and what the scenarios are over the playoffs. There's a lot to break down, and we're not completely accurate on all this stuff. We're going to get to that later. But class by class, here, here it is. Cheshire beating Harding this week. They're in with a win. Or if just Hamden and Prep both lose. Greenwich is also in if Prep and Hamden lose. They're also going to get in with a win over Staples on Thanksgiving. Ridgefield with a win over Danbury is going to be in. And NFA, which has come all the way back after a pretty dreadful start losing their quarterback, if they beat New London, they're going to be in. And that would basically wrap up Class L. In order, the contenders, Hamden, Prep, Hall, Shelton, and Naugatuck, they're all going to need to win out and just pray. That's the general picture of Class L. Looking down the rest of L gets weird. Yeah, looking down the rest of Class L. New Canaan, believe it or not, is actually in great shape. And if some of its bonuses, they don't have a lot of good ones, but if some of its bonus points go their way, or if some of the teams lose below them by Wednesday night, the Rams going to Thanksgiving might already be in the playoffs, which is, that would be tremendous. Uh, Berlin is playing the Wishbone Bowl this week. They're playing New Britain. And Berlin always seems to have trouble with New Britain, especially this new Berlin team, which has been kind of getting by. Good for them, but getting by a little bit on smoke and mirrors bit. So they they beat New Britain. They're gonna they're gonna punch their uh, tickets to class, which L, would be L, which would be great. Which would be one of the best stories of the season. Yeah, no no question. And otherwise, they're gonna have to sweat around a little bit. But the winner of Weathersfield Newington is in. But the loser in that game, I didn't think this was gonna be the case. But apparently, even the loser is going to be in good shape especially if Berlin, Massick, or just enough bonuses come in th- for them. Even if Windsor loses, that'll even help even more. So the winner of Weathersfield Newington in, the loser is still going to be alive heading into the final day, or at least, maybe even Wednesday night. Massick is going to be in with a win over Newtown. If Massick doesn't beat Newtown, they're going to be out. Wilton is actually still alive here too, believe it or not. I, I basically thought that they were cooked. no. They're going to need to beat Trinity and hope enough teams ahead of them lose. But, I, I you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I like their chances, frankly. And they're, they're going to need just enough bonuses to come in. But if teams lose around them, Wilton could be dancing for the first time in, in forever, like the 90s. Windsor is going to need to beat Middletown to have any prayer on Wednesday. You're going to know a lot more about what Windsor's chances are heading into that night. But right now, they're going to need to beat Middletown. and, and Otherwise, they're out. Okay, going to Class N. Class M is crazy because there's so many other Pequot games going on, and there's so many there are teams with a lot of double games left. So basically, Rockville, as we mentioned, is in. Waterford should be able to get in regardless of beating East Lyme on Thanksgiving, especially if two of New Fairfield, Watertown, Windsor locks 
lose this week. Otherwise, they're going to be if those those team with two of those teams lose, then Waterford's going to be in. Killingly is in with a win over New London this week. It's going to be sweating a little bit with a loss to New London, but I still think they're going to be okay. Weston beating Massick was huge because that put them in great position heading into Thanksgiving week. They should do themselves a favor and beat Barlow on Thanksgiving, but I still think that Weston is going to get enough points to get in. Sports Sciences, which plays Stafford this week, if they win, they're in. The winner of Thames River ATI is just about in, but the loser will go into Thanksgiving needing to win and get lots of help. So that leaves Granby Canton, New Fairfield, Watertown, Windsor Locks fighting for about two spots, maybe one or two spots. They all need win and then getting a lot of help around them. Teams losing to get in. East Haven is on the end of that spectrum. East Haven's going to need to win out. They're going to need to beat Jonathan Law, and then they're going to need to beat Brantford in the Beehive Bowl to even have a remote shot. So they're going to need to win out. Same for Wolkett. Anybody below Thames River ATI SMSA, right now you're looking at it. It's going to be a tough row, but just win and just see what happens. In Class S, Woodland and Plainfield are in great shape at 8-1. and one. Win next week both gets them both in, but both could still get in this weekend if both Stafford, which plays SMSA, and North Brantford, which plays Windsor Locks this week, lose. So if those two teams lose this week, Stafford and North Brantford, Woodland and Plainfield will be in. That would also put Sheehan in if the Titans beat Hamden this week. So Sheehan will get in if they beat Hamden and if Stafford, North Brantford lose. Holy Cross with its huge win over Naugatuck, which is incredible. That will get the Crusaders in if they beat Wolkett, or it might even happen earlier for the Crusaders based on what happens over Thanksgiving Day week. And then finally, Plainville, your boys. Very Tim way, to Shea. Go, way to go, Coach Ray. Tim Shea, they beat Farming. How about Jacob Conrad, though? That's going to be a Seven tough game. Duties. But, uh, you know, maybe if Plainville gets in, I can go cover the playoff game. Maybe they'll win because I feel like every time I interview Shea, they lose. Yeah. <laughs> him and him and DiCaprio at uh, ND West Haven probably don't want me at any of their games anymore. I just always interview them after losses. They could complete the field if it beats Farmington, but that all depends on what Stafford does. If Stafford wins out and hope and enough happens, they can get in. Same with North Brantford. They need to win out and hope. Seymour and Waterbury career are probably going to need a miracle. But, guys, all you got to say is just win out. So there you go. That's it, Pete. Shaping up the, gonna uh, have, yeah. It's going to be a hard time to cut for a Twitter video. So, with all of that said, let's go to our guest this week, a guy who really doesn't have to worry about a lot of scenarios here. You know, you just beat Staples and you're in. Or, you know, maybe something happens this week and you get in anyway. Joining us on the show is the head high school football coach of Greenwich High School. It is Anthony Morello. Uh, the first-year head coach, is uh, his Cardinals are, as we mentioned, right in the thick of the playoff race. They should get in with just a, just a little bit of help, but uh, rebounded nicely uh, from that Darianne launch. Coach, how you doing? SPB, Pete, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I listen to your podcast every week, so uh, it's a real honor to be on here. And, uh, yeah, we're feeling good after a win against Ridgefield, top 10 team in the state, uh, another potential double L playoff contender. So to, to come out on top definitely feels nice. Have you guys forgiven yourselves for Darian yet? I mean, are you, or are you still banging your head against the wall about that one? No, you, you know, you can't, you can't just uh, harp on something and, and, and dwell on something. you got to move forward. And it's stung. 
and it hurt for everybody across the board. But it's just one football game, and there were so many teaching points to be learned and to be had from that football game that in the long run, I think we're lucky that we, we got to play that game when we did. Yeah. And I just you know, I remind people, in 2017, we only got to see them once, and we we didn't get a second chance to, to make corrections and make adjustments. So, you know what? Let it happen in the middle of the season so you can you can see your mistakes, you can go up against quality opponents, and uh, you, know, you can find out what you need to work on. What, what, what were you more frustrated with? The fact that you guys were down 21 or the, fa- or the fact that you guys came back and just couldn't pull it back up? Pull it off. Oh, by far, it's the it's the last two minutes of that football game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know that that's that's the the that practice two minute drill that will just be over and over again at practice every single day, every different variation, uh, to make sure that we are prepared to uh, control that clock and use that clock. Uh, wisely well, and put ourselves in a position where we don't need an extra 20, 30 seconds. To, yeah. To I mean, well, here's the thing. I, I think your kids just thought they got the first down. I mean, is that kind of like what you, the way you guys, when you guys analyzed it, or, or you guys just yeah, kind of assumed you got the first down? 100%. Yeah. They got up to the ball. Uh, they went to spike it. They knew they'd have time for, you know, another pass play or two if uh, the ball's not completed in bounds. So they were preparing to spike it and have – you know, potentially three more chances at uh, an end zone shot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was it was loud, and uh, they couldn't hear us. And yeah, it's just they they thought they had a first down. So it was a tough it was a tough way to end things. But you know, it we had four quarters to win a football game, and you can't come out the way we did. And it's really difficult when you're down twenty one nothing. Yeah. To, to come back, so we can't put ourselves in that kind of hole. Yeah. You know, you talked about the way you guys bounced back, but, you know, and it's not fair to put this on James, um, but he was the one who spiked the ball at the end of the game. How impressed were you with the way that he was able to kind of shake it off, go right after it in the next two games? And he came out firing in the Ridgefield game. I think he completed his first nine passes. Looked looked yeah. like he was in complete control in the first half of that game. How impressed were you that he wasn't, you know, he didn't he didn't sit on that. He didn't think about that. He just kind of went out and played. Yeah, James has done a terrific job all year. And uh, I think the Darien game, the way it ended was frustrating. And, you know, a, a, a situation like that could have a really negative effect on the psyche of a of an athlete. But James played well against Darien. He stood in the pocket while he was being pressured on almost every dropback and took a ton of shots and still had a great game. So... You know, you can look at that last play and you can you can dwell on it or you can look at the positives and he's he's the kind of player that isn't going to focus on the negatives. He's just going to look towards the next play and, you know, go through his progressions and do what he's coached to do. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, completely exceeded expectations. Yeah, I mean, he, he replaced a player like Gavin Muir. And, you know, you guys – I mean, uh, you, you were on the staff the last couple of years. And, you know, you, got, you guys had to replace a lot of good players who graduated last year. Jack Fida, Mosey Bishi, obviously Gavin Muir, Tyson Camizio. Um, and now you know, let's not forget Johnny, too. I mean, remember, yeah. <laughs> you're replacing somebody, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, how was it to get them, you know, up to speed to be like, all right, this isn't going to be a down year for us. We're going we're gonna to compete for a state title. Well, the one thing John left behind was uh, the culture that he had 
he had sort of brought back the, the, the winning culture uh, here at Greenwich where the kids believed they would win every week. So he left behind an attitude and discipline and organization that the kids have just continued to, you know, fall in line and, and just do what they're expected to do. And, you know, it's, it's, it'd be easy to say, Oh yeah, you know, we're, you know, running what we did last year and we're just doing the same things we did last year, but that would be a complete and utter lie. Uh, we, our goal is to simply get positive yardage on every play and set ourselves up in manageable third downs. And, uh, we, we take our shots, but we're taking far less deep shots than we have in years past. And, uh, I think it's evident in Ronello's completion percentage. We want to have high percentage pass plays and we want to move the ball down the field. And, uh, we're just, we're, we're not in any hurry. You know, we're not in a hurry. We want to make sure we're doing it right first. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 but the attitude really is, is, is it all comes from the kids. Well, what's different? You know? What's different, Coach, between you and John? Like you say, you're not in any hurry. John was always in a hurry. It looked like that that team was always like going fast. I mean, is that different than this year? I mean, where, is, are you? Is that a you know? Are you bringing something different to the team, or what different things do you bring to the team? Well, as far as as tempo goes, I think. We mix and match based on our opponent. Mm -hmm. This past week, we did want to move a little bit faster, but we wanted to use multiple formations, formation after formation after formation, to try to create confusion. So that's not really different from what Coach Marinelli taught me to do. But a lot of times after a big first down, we would be sprinting down the field, running up to the field to, to get another playoff real quick and take advantage of the situation. And the goal was always – you know, play fast and play faster. And the goal was to run a hundred plays in a game. Right. And I don't really, I don't, I don't focus on how many plays we're going to run in a game and okay. it may affect the stats. And you look at the, you look at the stats and the total plays that we've run this year, they're way down from where they were last year. But, you know, if you look at the quality of the play and the, the overall execution of the play, the goal is for it to be increased. So we're not, over overthrowing deep balls or putting ourselves in second and 10 and third and 10, because now you're allowing the defense to shrink down our offense and put them in a better position to be successful. We want to have our entire playbook open on a third and, and medium rather than be in a third and long situation where there's only so many things we can do. Is that your own personal, you know, philosophy? Is that your, that's something you, you've brought to this team this year? Yeah. I mean, it, this is my first year calling plays at the varsity level, yeah, so right. it's, uh, it, it, yeah, things things go well I, after a game. I look at it and there's dozens of of plays that I wish I'd done a little bit differently, or wish I got it out quicker. There's a million different ways right. I can self correct, and that's pretty much what my my Sundays are. But the goal is to just keep getting better every week, and and as much as it is for the kids, it's the same for the coaches and myself. We're all just striving to get better every day. And, and put as much time uh, emotionally, you know, into the kids as we can. What's so it, it's, it's just a journey. What's it mean to you, though? Like Johnny was a New Canaan guy. What's it mean to you to be a Greenwich guy? You you graduate. You were on the, the one of the great teams I've seen. I mean, uh, in two thousand four, 
beating Central and then losing the final to, to, to New Britain. But, you know, what's it mean to have, a you know, to be a Greenwich guy in there? You know, it's, I don't remember the last time. I mean, jeez, I, I, an actual Greenwich guy, guy had been through the program coaching that team. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to put into the words, um, you know, how appreciative that I, I am of the, the situation. I, I, I can tell you I was 14 years old creating teams, creating the Greenwich Cardinals on Madden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to do that too. I did that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, I'm – I'm going to make myself the head coach of the team today. It's like, you know, you make, you, you do these ridiculous things that you're like, okay, yeah, maybe in another world. But so it, it really is. It's, 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 it's hard to uh, describe, but at the same time, being from Greenwich, playing for Greenwich, knowing the expectations, knowing what talent we have on a year to year basis, knowing kind of how the kids go through their days, what practice feels like, the locker room is the same. Having that, just that mentality and that mindset of this is what we need to do to be successful because I've seen it before, regardless of the staff, regardless of the kids. It's just uh, it, it's a town philosophy. It's, it's, a, it's a family philosophy, and I truly believe this is a special place. This is a special town, and uh, we should be competing at a very high level every year, regardless of who's coming back or who's not. It's just, it's just reload. Right. Now, reload. when you played Madden, did you ever make yourself the quarterback? You know, I know you're an <laughs> offensive lineman, but when you play oh, Madden or NCAA, there's really no love to the lineman. So were you playing quarterback? Absolutely. I mean, nowadays you can, you can block as linemen in the game and you can set up different oh, running plays. But back, back in the old days, no, they all had the same body type. Yeah. And, you know, it was, but yeah, I would absolutely be a quarterback every once in a while. You jack your stats up. And, I but, I uh, did that. I did that for my freshman football team when I had the very first Madden in 1989 on a computer, and it was it was like this insane. It was so like they really the first ever Madden football game was like it was a computer. It was on a, on a PC, and it was like. It's nothing like now. It was like little dots running around, but it was so involved. They, they, they really br- brought John Madden in to make sure that they had all sorts of t- crazy plays. And that's basically how I learned how to – I learned football by playing that. And then I put my fr- – I plugged all my freshman players in there, and we, we played the 89-49ers. That was, that was great. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I, think we, I think we won, too. I think we won. I, I might have thrown a touchdown pass or caught one. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of players who were in Madden, obviously Tiki Barber was on the Giants for a while out of Jersey, but you know, you, you get to coach AJ and you know, maybe his numbers don't show it right now. Um, but I mean, how big of a force is he when he's, uh, on the field, just drawing different, uh, multiple, uh, multiple defenders each play? No. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, he's, he's the most talented player on the field in pretty much every game we've played to this point. And like you said, the stats don't really speak volumes because we haven't played a lot of four quarter games this year. And, and that's not something that I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy about because, you know, we want to have good quality opponents that, that challenge us and, and make us better as a team. But, and the other, the other aspect is that we're just not running as many plays as we were in, in previous years, but he is, he is so difficult to cover one-on-one and, you know, our, our philosophy is, is to spread it out and, you know, not be dependent on one guy. 
and he pulls a lot of focus. So when defenses are focused on him, we have Camizio, we have Muir, we have Pilsk, we have backs out of the backfield. A lot of different ways we can distribute the ball when you have a spectacular talent like that who can run, block, and then, you know, pass defend. Yeah, it's it's just wild looking at your roster and even seeing them this week and, and the Darien game. You got you got a Camizio playing wide receiver. You got a yeah. Muir playing wide receiver. Like, I wonder if Mason, you know, spent hours in the backyard with Gavin just catching balls because he looks great out there. He certainly did. <laughs> and, he's, and he's still growing. And he gets taller every time I see him. <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. And they're and all juniors. I yep. mean, you're getting this. You're getting this core of your offense back next year. Yeah, we 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 uh, we're. I'm I'm really uh, pleasantly surprised where we're at at this point. I knew down the road uh, we were going to be pretty good uh, based on the, uh, the the age, and it was really more of just uh, inexperience and how quickly we were going to be able to be on the same page. But yeah, we're. We had a lot of juniors. We've started three sophomores up front on the line yeah. and uh, for for a lot of games this year. And, you know, it, it of course, it's the, the running game coordinator's first year as coach, and he's got <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of young guys up front. But you know what? That's great experience for down the road. And, and we, we, have, we have we've gotten so many different players opportunities in, in, to take meaningful reps uh, this season that you know, we really have uh, uh, a plan B, a plan C at almost every position. So, and, and a lot of that's got to be attributed to the coaches uh, that just spend the extra time with everybody, not just focusing on their, their one deep, but their two deep, their three deep, making the travel to uh, JV games to coach up their guys and, and sophomore games. And I got Coach Woodring and Coach Cunningham. Yeah. Go. They're, they're pumped up to go to Richfield today. They're going to the JV game up in Richfield. <laughs> so, like, they get all fired up for those. And those are pretty. Those are pretty good coaches. They're going to be at that JV game today. So, uh, it's exciting. the The coaches The coaches are so energetic, and the kids feed off of it. And yeah, it's just. It, it's it's fun. I mean, football should be fun. And <laughs> things go bad sometimes. But if you play hard, like, and it's a great football game. You know, it's not always going to work out in your favor, but it's not. That's not really the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to learn life lessons and to to remember football in a positive light when you grow up and mature and yeah, and have friends to look back with and and all that good stuff. You 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 pretty much kept your the staff from last year, is that right? Yeah, Hawk in there. Yeah, Brian Hockter who's been. I mean, how much did that help keeping all those guys? And yeah, you lose Johnny and and you're a new guy, but what have they done to help you? you know, really progress in your first, I mean, this is a lot of pressure on you. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. You just want to stay championship. Now you, they're thinking that you're going to do it again. And just what does it mean to have all those guys in there? I mean, Johnny spoke so glowingly about them. Uh, you know, just what is, what is, the, what have they meant to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, John was, John was an expert at, at, at just making sure everybody felt appreciated and everybody felt that they were contributing to it. And he was a total, um, uh, he, he was he was not a micromanager. He let coaches coach. He believed in his guys, and that's one lesson and skill that I've adopted from him completely. Is that you gotta you gotta let 
you got to let these coaches do what they love. And, and you, you, it wasn't broken. <laughs> right. There was nothing broken as far as our coaching staff was concerned. Um, when the change happened, we had our guys, we had a blueprint for success, uh, especially defensively where we didn't lose anybody. Right. The entire defensive staff was intact. So, you know, offensively, we, we had to juggle some things around. And, um, you know, at times it's evident. But the fact that Coach Hocker and Coach Cunningham, Coach Joyner, Coach Briggs, Coach Lee on the defensive side, they're just such a close-knit coaching staff. And uh, their kids feed off of it. Yeah, you, you talk about a lot of the community and everything, and Greenwich is such a strange. I mean, people don't understand Greenwich. I mean, we I think we talked to Johnny about this last year, but uh, you know, it's a place where you have some kids that are really well off. I mean, their families are really you know they live up in the north ends of town, but then you also have kids who, who aren't, and people don't get that. But it's like a strange thing where you have all these legacy families. I mean, how many CCs have been in the program? <laughs> which is unbelievable, um, but uh, you got you have a play, same spot where you can have a guy, a kid like AJ Barber come in there, whose dad and his family were just so athletic and, and stars in the NFL and so on, and then you have, uh, you know, you have a place like maybe like a Cody Gifford comes in there. I mean, you, it's just a weird, it's a strange mix. I, I, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you kind of mesh these types of personalities and different backgrounds together? Yeah, it's special. It's a melting pot. Yeah, it really all walks of life you have here in town and you know you you have one this is your one opportunity where it doesn't matter who you are where you're from what your religion is you know you have an opportunity to be 11 guys on the field together for one goal one common goal so it it's it's just uh it it it's special yeah it's it's to describe it but i mean i was a western side guy yeah western side of um, and I grew up playing bank Raider football and it's just, it, you, you just have every GYL of our youth league teams. They all have a different identity and they all just converge right before they come into high school in ninth grade. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer that freshman football, um, should be the most fun you have in all four years, right? It, that might be the most meaningful, right? But if you have a great freshman year and you develop relationships and friendships with those guys around you, that like that's where the journey starts. Yeah. So you you got to make that special that freshman year for them so you don't lose guys. So you can keep as many as you can to go on that journey together and, uh, you know, always have that in the, in the far distance, that, that goal or that ambition to uh, – be on top as a, as a senior. What is it about, Co Coach, what is it about Greenwich where you guys don't lose a lot of guys? I mean, like, A.J. Barber can go wherever, anywhere he wants. I mean, the family can send him wherever, but they choose to keep him in Greenwich Public School. Um, you know, I know you lose, like, a Cornelia Johnson or something like that, but, like, for the most part, a lot of, like, star players stay with the program. Yeah, well, I mean, Greenwich is a great place to live, and we have we have excellent teachers. The, the high school the, the, the teachers here, the faculty, the administration, they care about the kids and they give them a good education and they work hard to help these kids get into schools and go the extra mile. So when I think parents, you know, they see all the options and they're weighing the options with their kid, ultimately, if the kid says, I want to be a Greenwich Cardinal, I want to play at Greenwich High School, 
the parents can be okay with that because right. they trust the school and they trust the teachers and and the like to give them a great education and help set them up for for life after high school. Hey, Coach, you, I'm, I looked up your Max Preps page. I wanted to see if there were any crazy <laughs> stats. Unfortunately, there was not. But there are these photos from your playing days back in 20, That's the first year of Max Preps, by the way. That's the first year of Max Preps. Uh, I was hoping for, like, maybe a fumble recovery touch on you to tell us the story. But these jerseys <laughs> that you wore are awful. <laughs> Greenwich is gigantic across. So what is, I mean, when you see what you guys wear now, and go back to the ones that you wore. I mean, how crazy is that? They didn't change their uniforms for like eighty years or something crazy like that. I don't they know. look like the they look like the old Arizona Cardinals. That's jerseys. exactly right. Yeah. The shoulder pads that I wore in high school are still being reconditioned and, and issued out. Oh, uh, really? so, oh yeah, I know. I know the exact ones too. It's that we we collect lots of things here and uh, uniforms. We have we have lots of uniforms now. Uh, that is one area of uh, the head coaching game where I am as as naive as it gets. Ooh, can uh, I can I can I can I pick? <laughs> like one week, just like send, uh, shoot me a text. I'll uh, I'll pick it. I'll pick it. You know what? That might be a great idea. Oh yes. yeah, that's <laughs> the last like, thing you need. Like, oh my like god. We like like the captain's shoes, but um, <laughs> the the yellow the yellow pants have been in. Boxed up and put on an. Uh, oh, yeah, that I, was my next question. No, I want the yellow pants no back. Oh, yellow pants. I know Johnny loved those. Everyone else is like, every time you wore those, you guys lost. <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten threats from <laughs> alumni. I've I've gotten all sorts of, uh, you know, literally just we we better not see those. <laughs> and what was no. Johnny thinking? <laughs> Anthony, what was Johnny thinking with those? Come on, you're the Cardinals. I mean, jeez. I like not only it. is it I a like bird, it. it's the bird and the and, and the color. I mean, come on. Well, his whole argument. Look, it's the beak. The beak has the yellow in it. So oh. technically, oh, it, like yellow it. is one of our is one of our colors. He's out of his so mind. That was, that was the argument, and he did. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it got him the pants. <laughs> What's next? So, like, then, of course, we, we get stomped by New Canaan four years ago the first time we ever wear those yellow pants so they kind of they didn't get off on the right foot kind of we always just remember that game up in new canaan when we wore those where it's like uh brings back bad memories i love positive to be gained about it i love i just i love the I love the craziness of it. I, I think I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff in uniforms, especially when you have the ability to. I like Oregon. I like how they yeah, have like the yeah. ten thousand different jerseys. But call me old school. I like the Cardinal. I mean, I, yeah, those were pretty boring back in the day. Greenwich always, you know, all the other teams had great uniforms. Greenwich was always just great Cardinals, like you know, you know, the Phoenix Cardinals. Oh, the material, the material was just so tight too. They, they were. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a twenty minute process just getting into the. <laughs> shoulder pads and jerseys took four guys to just you know pull that thing over my body yeah. <laughs> and i know a lot, of kids, a lot of former players that that know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> spandexy material so Co- coach you got you got you got one game left i mean you're probably going to be qualified depending on stuff that happens this weekend i don't think you guys are too worried about that but that you know you're going to play staples not having a great year there, but you know you're you're going to get their best shot. You know, just uh, 
Tell me about Thanksgiving. Oh, 100%. Yeah, tell me about Thanksgiving week and, you know, getting back to the playoffs and, you know, what, what you guys are, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're really excited. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a, you know, we're not we're not going to focus on the playoffs right now. We're just going to focus on Staples. That's a that's a rivalry game, no matter what. And you know that we are they're going to play their best game. They're going to play their best game on Thanksgiving. Uh, they're going to come out fired up, and uh, you know they're playing in front of their home crowd, and their seniors are playing there for the last time. So you have to keep all that in mind. Uh, but yeah, no, we're excited right now for the journey, and we don't care where we are. We don't care where we go uh we just want an opportunity to play 48 minutes against somebody and and just go until people tell us we're not allowed to play anymore we just want to keep playing and we want to just keep having one more game i know you guys want granted i mean uh you want darianne again i just i know it i know it in my bones i mean you even mentioned i maybe a little you alluded to it maybe you get that second shot at them but uh uh yeah it should be exciting you've done a great job i mean there's no denying that you guys have uh um uh, done a great job, but uh, uh, coach, we appreciate you having you on for a little bit, and uh, I'm sure we will see you in the playoffs. You guys are playing great. Uh, yeah, everything's not, coming together. You guys everything, you look like you're playing your best ball right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you. We'll see you soon down the road. Yeah, right. and, and tell your, I don't know if it was a family friend or someone you were talking to after the game. He pulled me aside. He's like, "I love the podcast. This and this. I want to be like, hey, we're having we're having Anthony on. So you tell him he has to listen this week. Well, we'll get it out there on our Twitter and our Instagram, and <laughs> make sure though, play. make sure everyone listens separately. Yeah, so we get the feed. yeah, not not a hundred people listening on one phone, a hundred different phones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good deal. And and. I got to get your address because I know you guys like some gear. I'm going to send some gear your way. Awesome. Yellow pants, please. Oh, XL. Yeah, you can send the yellow <laughs> pants here. We'll, we'll find a good home for them. <laughs> only, if you're, Pete, only if you're wearing them on Thanksgiving. Though, ooh, ooh, I think I might have to. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Coach. We're just uh, we're out of time here. We really appreciate you giving us uh, a little of your time and go get them uh, on Thanksgiving. We'll see you in the playoffs. <laughs> Thanks. See you soon. Thanks, Coach. So, Pete, that was Anthony Morello, and, well, what can you say? He's done a tremendous job there uh, taking over for Johnny Marinelli. We were, everyone was a little concerned about that, but, listen, the core is there. Really still a pretty young team, and they're right in the in the thick of it. Everyone kind of thinks that they might have it. What it takes to get back to the state championship to defend their title. Yeah, no, um, they uh, they look great on, on, on Saturday. Um, looks like everything's kind of coming together for them. Um, their offense played great in the first half. Their defense played great all game. This, again, we talked about it with Anthony. This is a young team, a lot of juniors who were and they, who didn't get to play a lot other than A.J. Barber last year because Granite had so much senior leadership. So these guys, at this point, you could argue that they might even be seniors with, you know, the amount of games that they've played this year. Granite was getting good. I wouldn't want to face him in double L. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Granite, you know, you know, you talked about Kobe Camizio. You know, I got to see Tyson Camizio on Saturday. How about that? How is he? Yeah, well, he's great. He wasn't at your game. <laughs> no. He was not. He was not there for senior night. But his brother's only a junior, so that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. But uh, he was up at uh, Avon Old Farms where I was. Uh, he going to check out your boy and my boy, Mosey Beesey, last year's player of the year, New Haven Register player of the year, in his postgraduate year at Suffield Academy. Uh, an absolutely loaded team, which won the NEPSAC Class A Kevin Driscoll Bowl championship 29-21 to over Avon Farms. A tremendous game. Lots of Connecticut kids in, in both sides of it. 
was easily a game we had to cover. Just some of the best players in Connecticut were all in the same field right there. You want to talk about guys like Mosey Beesey. You also have uh, Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterback, is going to Miami, put on a show through four touchdown passes. Uh, he's from Glastonbury. He, the winning touchdown pass was just absolute dime to Justin Barron, the Rocky Hill receiver in strong safety, who's going to Syracuse. Great job by them. Uh, on the other side, Avon All Farms, you had Wyatt Wilson catching a touchdown pass. He's from uh, New Canaan. He's going to uh, Air Force Academy. Uh, you had guys like Tyler Pumajan, who played pretty well. Uh, you know, given the fact that they didn't have their top running back, Tyler Pumajan from Stratford gave it a, gave it a shot. Him and Josh Tracy is also from Stratford, former Notre Dame guy. Uh, they played great. They got within one touchdown late, and then there was a great there was a strip sack at the end. And uh, and, and Suffield Academy, Drew Gamirs. Suffield Academy with their fourth undefeated season since he was head coach there. Great job by them. Just a tremendous atmosphere. The prep schools are are clearly where the talent is in Connecticut. Just just especially this year. Just stacked. The thing that drives me nuts about the prep schools is that that's it. They play eight games and you go to play a bowl game and it's at one of the others home field. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I just we've talked about this with prep schools before off the air. You know, it's a lot like college where these kids are playing for themselves. You know, yeah. obviously they want to win, and I'm not saying that they're not teammates and they're not, you know, they don't care about each other. That's not what I'm saying, but you're not really playing for anything other than a college scholarship to play at the next yeah. level. I mean, you know, yeah, they want to win, but um, could you imagine being a kid who went to that school for four years and then they bring a postgrad <laughs> in and it's like, yeah, hey, you're on the bench? It's it's such a different it's a different environment. I mean, yeah, you're playing with all those guys. You're getting really good exposure because you know there's just so much talent. I feel like a lot of scouts. Even Dabo Swinney was up there at Avon All Farms when he was recruiting uh, Tyson Pumajan. And Dabo Swinney was with the famous quote, "It's like Hogwarts up here." <laughs> so you have all these college guys who are seeing the top prospect. You hope you get noticed. It is certainly that doesn't mean you can't get a scholarship at a. At a Connecticut public school, I mean, just take a look at uh, Ben Mason of Newtown and and AJ Barber's down at Greenwich. Drew uh, Pine's going to Notre Dame. David yeah, Summers so went to Syracuse. It's not um, as it's know. not. Listen, I mean, it just depends on who you Zach are. Zach Allen player. went to Boston College. Look, if you're good enough, if you're good enough, the coaches will find you. That's their job. Yeah. So I I don't look. <laughs> if I was in high school and a school came and said to my parents, "Hey, we want your kid to come here." I didn't play sports. We want your kid to come here because he's nice, yeah. you know, and you don't have to pay for school. I would hope my Absolutely. parents would say, go, you know. Yeah. I so always, I understand. I it. always go back to Christian Gill of Bridgeport Central. He was on one of the all-time great, you know, Central teams, and he went to Avon All Farms for post grad. And I, I always, I asked him. I said, uh, if you could do it all over again, and he will, I would go prep school in a heartbeat. So because it's just. The attention you get there, very small, tight-knit community. It's a different thing. And if that's for you, that's for you. And then a lot of kids yeah. are making that route now, and it's kind of diminishing the ranks maybe in little public schools. But let me just tell you this. There are a ton of, like, major college. I mean, not just Division One, but all the way down, ton of high school kids from Connecticut who go on to play at, at top-level colleges. Yeah. And there are some big D1 guys here, as you can see. So that was a great atmosphere there. Shout out to Avon All Farms. They came up to We love the podcast. Yeah. Don't give us a lot of prep school love, but we love the podcast. So thank guys for listening. Uh, we'll try and maybe do a little bit more next year. And ha tremendous season, Erickson, Erickson League champs. Um, that was tremendous. So with all of that said, the picks for this the week. Pick. So last week, uh, your boy, 
led the way with uh, Erickson and Bill Bloxham at eight and two. Then everybody went seven and three, except for Morelli, who went six and four, and the eight ball went three and seven. Uh, overall standing so far, again, it's really just six of us. Fornabio and Stewart are at the top at seventy and thirty. Uh, Bully and McNamee are at sixty-nine, nice thirty and thirty-one. And uh, then myself and Doug Bonjour are at 68 and 32. So we're two games apart. Uh, then you got Lacey and Murphy, 65 35. Erickson, 63 37. Bloxham, 59 41. Morelli, 57 43. And the eight ball is at 52 is. and 48. Off week for the eight ball. It had been over 500 two weeks in a row. So, again, you really want to stay in that top. I mean, look, it's going to get crazy next week's Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm going to try and pick the 10 best you know, games that, one, have a lot to do with what's about to happen for the playoffs and a lot of history you know, in those games where really anything can happen. And then we're going to do picks for the playoffs. So there are teams, there are teams, there are people who are going to have some uh, ability to make moves because um, we're going to pick 16 first-round games. You know? so we're gonna yeah, go you, you, you got a big boost with Derby winning 14 nothing on its home field over Kennedy. That's right. That was a huge I should have I should have trusted you, man. Yeah. No, um, no one does. It's okay. No, no, no. I was I was actually talking about George French, the Derby head coach. Um, getting that uh, that win, that that first big win on your home field. Yeah, you got Shelton coming in, take your shot. We'll see what happened. You know, maybe Shelton will be packing it in by the they don't ever do at a Derby. That's going to be tough, but but congrats, George French. You you guys deserve it. And you knocked me down a peg and Pete allowed Pete to gain some <laughs> Yeah, I'm the best. All right, let's go. Let's get this <laughs> thing wrapped up here. All right, here we go to the picks. Staying in the NVL, we got five, six and two Watertown at five and three Naugatuck. What is going on in Naugatuck? I some people commented on Instagram saying that a lot of their seniors are hurt. Yeah, Malachi um, Gaddison is the big one. You know, you know they. So, I saw. Yeah, I felt. I, my heart breaks for him. He's putting out his highlight reel on Twitter. Everyone, check him out. Um, you know, season-ending injury, and that's really, I think, thrown Nogtuck for a loop here. It's but a, really a twenty-seven to nothing loss against Holy Cross, yeah. and it's they, not that Holy Cross is not good. It's just Nogtuck was supposed is was expected. Nogtuck was expected to be the number two team in the NVL, and they played apps. Yeah, not they've well. They played poorly the last three weeks. Three weeks. Um, so that, you know, everyone was looking to that. You know, I was thinking Naugatuck would take away a spot from a double L team that was, you know, Probably should deserve it. And Naugatuck, you know, kind well, of. Well, sometimes the points just work out. Yeah. Sometimes it all works out. You just got to wait. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, um, what, a Watertown still has a shot to make double L. It's a, it's a long shot, but they have a shot and a prayer. Um, you know, Naugatuck coming off those three losses, and one was in overtime to see who gave Ansonia a great game. Um, but. Watertown hasn't won since 2008 against Naugatuck. Seven in a row. I'll, I'll go first. I'm going with Naugatuck. I, I, they're going to get back in the win column. I, you know, this isn't against, there's nothing against Watertown. I just think that this, okay, this is enough. They're going to win. They're going to go to six and three heading into their Thanksgiving game against Ansonia. You know, Pete, Watertown has uh, bounced back nicely after some, a couple of really tough losses. The first one to Ansonia and then the other to Wolkett. They've won three straight against Waterbury teams. Not the greatest competition. They're all on the road. Fine, that's that. That's impressive. Now they got to face Naugatuck. I feel like they have some momentum here going into this game. With a playoff spot on the line and Naugatuck is completely sinking, I'm going to go with the Indians. Wow. Go get him, Luigi. Whew. Your boy. All right, jumping over to the SEC. You got four and four foreign. 
at four and four, Brantford, my boys who have been eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. Pete, for everyone who didn't know, Pete picked Brantford to win the state championship. My team, the my pick to win it all, killingly, killingly very much alive. Uh, and looks like they're going to get in. So, uh, <laughs> can we talk about how great Foreign has? I mean, Foreign had Hillhouse beat last week. Yeah, they had him beat. They were they, Hill, Foreign was like three touchdowns up on him. But then it just Hillhouse just seems to always just give. They're Thorn and and Foreign side for so much. Oh. Jeff Bavino, when he was the head coach of Foreign, could never beat. Hillhouse to to get a playoff berth to save his life, and it seemed like uh, they snake bit uh, Tom Drew's team again, playing against a pretty. Listen, you were right to pick Brantford. They were they have some guys. They are a good team. Just overall, it just duck. You know, it just happens this way. Yeah, it didn't. The loss to Guilford at the beginning was a bad loss. It was, but you look at their three other losses. And Fairfield's a, probably a playoff team. Yeah, Sheen should be a playoff team, and Barlow's a six-win team. Yeah. I mean, those are three. Listen, those are good really teams. good teams that they Let's lost. Let's not get to. on Brantford too much. Those yeah, are this is just a Brantford team that just ran into some really good teams. Uh, the loss to Guilford definitely didn't help. Um, both teams are out of the playoffs. It's a four and four game versus four and four. It should be a good football game. I'm gonna stay with it. I'm I'm going with Brantford. And end on a high note, boys, please. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I have a hard time the uh, you know what? Brantford beat up Law, beat up Bassick. Foreign showed me something last week. Foreign really did, you know, they just did not could not close it out against Tailhouse's speed. I like what the lines are doing though. I'm going with Tommy Drew and the guys. Let's go, guys. Let's go. And we this this is going to be a fun different. week. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Let's sticking, go, Tom. Sticking in the SEC. We Let's got, stick it to Pete. We got two and six, Jonathan Pete's Long. going down with a Bradford ship. <laughs> All captain, hands captain, on deck. Captain goes down with their ship, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got uh, standing in the SEC. We got two and six, Law at six and two, East Haven. Oof. Um, you know, this is, a again, it's a light schedule. Yeah. So, a lot of different things to pick. But East Haven, they need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. We had Coach Benoit on earlier uh, last week. This is an East Haven team that lost on the final day of the season, cost himself a playoff spot. What's going to happen this time around? Um, I don't see East Haven losing the law. They did a nice job uh, with the defense holding uh, Lyman Hall just to 14 points. I like, I mean, Jonathan Law is kind of in a rough spot here because yeah. Eric Larka had to uh, leave the team for uh, personal reasons. Law still got a lot of pride, but at East Haven with the playoff berth on the line going into the Beehive Bowl, I like East Haven. Yeah, I like East Haven too. I just think they're the better team. All right. Now going, we're going up to the CCC for the Wishbone Bowl. 7 2 Berlin at 3 6 New Britain. We talked about this game a little earlier on the show. New, New Britain's still trying to figure things out. Um, but Berlin has put it together with duct tape and band-aids. They're 7-2. and two. You know, it's weird. Berlin lost to Bloomfield last week. Berlin beat Bloomfield last year. Berlin lost to New Britain last year. What are we going to see? And this is, a, this is a Berlin team, a lot of injuries. Uh, Justin Skate, senior quarterback, wasn't supposed to play this year. Their starter gets hurt at the beginning of the year. He's thrust into uh, into the starting role with not a lot of snaps under his belt, and he's really coming to his own this year. He's really gotten better each and every week. This is really tough game because Berlin traditionally does not do well in this game, and it's just 
There's a lot of like, you know, remember last year, there was a lot of bad blood, man, between these two Flag. squads. Well, last year, New Britain clinched a spot in the double L playoffs in that game. They planted their flag at Sage Park. Yeah. Um, teams were yelling at each other at midfield. Yeah. It got it got pretty and, heated. And let's not forget, like several years ago, Berlin got smacked with all the sanctions for taking New Britain players. You know, basically, Tabucky Jones turned them all in. You know, I don't blame him because yeah, those either. are my guys. Those yeah. are my guys. And they... But Berlin won that year. That was 15, and then they won again in 16. But New 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 Britain's won the last two. Yeah, the last two games. Uh, I can't go. You know, I just got my uh, my pancake shirt in the in the mail. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Berlin. Because of that, I can't I can't go against you. I think you guys get in class L. I'm going yeah. with the red coats. Yeah, I'm going with the red coats too. I just I know I got bribed. I don't. I got th- bribed. I'll say it straight up. <laughs> I don't think New Britain's that good this year. I think. Berlin. Goes I think they could. They're gonna. It's gonna be a great game. No, oh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great game. But I think Berlin wins. They know they have to. They have a great coaching staff over there at Berlin. I'm going with the Redcoats as well. Now to the Pequot. This I love this game. They're two of my favorite coaches. You got uh, six and two Stafford Co-op with Coach Mazzone, and then uh, eight and one SMSA with Coach Kevin Quinn. Both friends of the program. Um, this is a big one. Stafford needs Huge. to win to keep their hopes alive. SMSA wins and they're in, correct? Correct. Yeah. So this is and this is great. This is an SMSA team who made the playoffs two years ago with big players as their sophomores. They all come back last year. And I don't know what happened there, but they were not good last year. Oh, now all these kids are seniors and they're back winning. Yeah. Right? The benefit for SMSA this year. So both teams lost to Granby Canton. Stafford lost in overtime. SMSA lost mm. in regulation. SMSA avoided Rockville this year. Yeah. Stafford did not. Stafford's sitting there at nine in Class S. They need to get a win. They need to win to get him for the third year in a row. I'm, I'm kind of torn here. What, uh, what about you? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm pretty much torn as well. I mean, they've been both pretty good teams. Stafford, as we know, you know, playing uh, Coach Mazzoni, he lost his father a few weeks ago. They got a lot of emotion on their side. They couldn't put it together against Rockville, but they they didn't play badly. No, their defense Rockville. played awesome against Rockville. You know, and uh, where is this game? At SMSA at Dillon. At Dillon Stadium, which is beautiful, by the way. Can't wait for the soccer finals, but uh, it's the tough one. I I. I'm going with uh, SMSA. Really? Yeah. Kevin, I think Kevin's got a good team. I think Kevin's got an exceptional team this year. And I think that, I think with the playoffs in the line, I think they, I think they win. I think they take okay. this one. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great this game. Great. If you want to go to a game, go to this one. This yes. Uh, do you know the name Logan Briggs? Uh, Yeah, from Granby, right? From Stafford. Oh, Stafford. Stafford. Briggs. Oh, I'm, who am I thinking? Logan Briggs, sophomore, number 11. This kid is an absolute stud. He might be the best player on Stafford now as, as a sophomore. This kid is going to be the next great player oh, okay. in the Pequot. Yeah. He's coming along really well. I haven't really seen Stafford well. this year. Um, I'm going with Stafford. The Fighting Mazones. The Fighting Mazones. <laughs> Someone's got to go with him. Let's go. All right. Staying in the Pequot, we got the Coggenshog Eric Becker biceps <laughs> at 5-3. and three. Gun show. They're going up to Ellington to play the 3-5 and five Knights. Ellington's losers of four in a row. I don't think this is the most ideal situation. Coggenshock also still alive in the playoff hunt. Yeah. They're still alive, but they're barely breathing. Yeah. It's going to be tough for Coggenshock. I don't think it's going to happen. But you know what? Aaron Fiala played great last week 
through five touchdown passes. Jackson Moore. Yeah. Jackson Moore. 12 touchdowns this season. Yeah, he's great. Only I, junior. I love him. Yeah, no, only junior. Can't wait to see him next year. Um, you know, it, it's been a it's been an up and down season for Kogachov. They've been in their games. They've been, they've had their 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 uh, they've had their trials and tribulations as it were. I'm going with the fighting Eric Beckers. Yeah. I'm going with Kogachov just based on the loan of the gun show. Yeah. I mean, they got some they got some players, man. Yeah. Kogachov. We like him there. All right, go we for do. it. We do. All right. The 7th game, we're back in the we're in the SCC. This one's the big one. Mm. 5 and 3 Fairfield Prep at 5 and 3 Shelton. <sighs> Couple of fun facts. Prep hasn't won this game since 2016. Last year, mm-hmm. the game played at Rafferty was 10 to 7. Shelton scored on a punt return. Now, the Fairfield Prep Twitter account tweeted at me um, during the hand Shelton game because there was a punt and it didn't look like it hit the hand kid in the hand. No pun intended. But they no ruled it a fumble. Shelton jumped on it. Hand ended up, ended up holding on D. But in the, in the Twitter account, uh, tweeted something like, oh, Shelton involved in a weird special teams play? <laughs> Look, last year, that was the right play. It fought, The rules were correct. The refs did a great job. That was a touchdown by David Yakowitz. They won that game 10-7. It was a great game. I think this one's going to be another classic with a lot on the line. Champ Long, McGillicuddy, you know, Shelton, Lakovich, Otto. Giorgio Gazal. I love that name. Ugh, I mean... It really, really depends on where Shelton is, man. I mean, Prep, obviously, fired up there in the mix here. If I was Shelton, I'd be replaying that video, not only to see them lose in the last 18 seconds, but to see the Fairfield Prep kids in the back yeah. going wild. Jeff Roy, yeah. If you want a little motivation not to help not to help Shelton or anything, but just take a look at how fired up Fairfield Prep is. Yeah. They come into your place, I'm going with the Gales. Yeah, I'm going come with on, Shelton. Shelton. I was so impressed, by the way, <laughs> that they played. Um, don't got to get past it you got to move on i know coach roy's telling them the same thing you got to get past it you still can get in you yeah, still can get in it's not over. over it's not over you beat prep you beat derby and you pray how about how about this though you know imagine if shelton played i don't know like amity or something or or somebody's going to give him points the derby game is absolutely killing them and i know you don't want to lose tradition i don't think derby be all upset if Shelton and Derby became like, you know, a September 2nd game. You know what? Play it then. You yeah. know? It's not helping Shelton with these points. The points are not in their favor. And that's that's got to be frustrating. Yeah. You know? And they, they've they appealed to the CIAC. Look, it's a 120, almost 100 and whatever it is, year old rivalry. Can you guys give us a break? Give us the but points. Give the break to Shelton. They have to give it to everyone else. Yeah, I know. But then you just, well, you just say, look, it's 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 a hundred. It, we were playing before the CIC even existed, and now you're pe- you guys come onto the scene in 1920 or whatever it is. Now you're penalizing us because they're not in our league. They left. It's not Shelton's fault. Who's gonna break tradition here? You gotta give Shelton the help, man. That's that that's you know they gotta fight that battle every year. So anyway, well, I'm going with the gals. Yeah, I'm going with the gals. Uh, you gotta win, guys. <clears throat> I almost said hell because I wrote. I'm going with the Gales as well. All right, staying in the SEC, not a great game record-wise, but two very good teams who play really hard every week. You got two and six West Haven at four and five Xavier. Now Xavier was playing so well. Yeah, what happened? Heading into last week, and they, they got ran run it. over. They got ran. Everyone gets North run Haven. Over North yeah, Haven. North Haven. Um, North Haven's another one of those teams that really they've it's been an up and down years for them, but 
Their schedule's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, this would be... There's not a lot to discuss in this game. I think the one thing that Xavier can hang their hats on in this game is you win this game, you go to 5-5, five and five, their season's over. It's a building block. You have a lot of young kids. It's a building block for next year. I like I like Xavier as a team to watch next year yeah, if everyone absolutely. comes back. So with that said, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Drew Kahn, I am so impressed with him every time I've gotten to see him play. So, and he's a heck of a baseball player too, so I'm going with Xavier. West Haven coming off a pretty deflating loss to, to Notre Dame, West Haven, in, a, in the Soderman Bowl. You know, but it was a great game back and forth. Notre Dame pulls it out in the end. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, this is this is fascinating. This is, uh, they got Fairfield prep next. West Haven hasn't been the type of season you, you thought. Just depth has just not been there for the Westies. West Haven didn't get run over by North Haven. Xavier did. I'm going with Westies. Really? Yeah. Oh, you boys. I feel like I feel like the West is going to show up. We are we are very different. I know it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. In the ninth game, we got the battle. I could be sinking here, folks. (laughs) Or Pete will. Or I will. Yeah. Yeah, Someone's going to. Somebody is going to get deep sixth this week. Yeah. All right. The ninth game, we're going up to the CCC for the battle of Weeha, the battle for Bar Taco for McLadens, the Mayor's Cup. The Mayor's Cup. Six and three Hall at six and three Connard. Hall and Connard. Proving that you can play a big Thanksgiving week rivalry game the weekend before if you're one of those guys. I don't think you should get rid of Thanksgiving, but hey. Hall coming off a close 13-10 to 10 loss to Weathersfield. Connard beating Bristol Central last week, 31-8. Connard's on a four-game win streak after their 32-0 shutout loss to Simsbury. Hall played Simsbury if you want to compare on opening night. They lost 9-7 in overtime. Lot on the line here. Both these teams are still in the playoff hunt. Hall's at 11, Connard's at 13. Losers done. This game is just so tricky every year. Skidder, rocker, runner, rocker, yeah, I mean Connor, Connor, Connor's got some wins on its on its schedule this year. I mean they they won that overtime game against New Britain the other other week. Uh, they beat West Haven. I, I just think they're just a little step below. I think they're just a little step below Hall this year. I think Hall. I don't think Hall's gonna get in. But you know what? They need to win this game. I know it's crazy every year. This this is one of the best Thanksgiving-ish rivalries out there. I don't think the Warriors are going to lose to the Chieftains. I'm going with Hall. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hall as well. I also don't know what a Chieftain is. All right. It's the head of the tribe. Isn't that a Chief? A Chieftain. Oh, God. Let's go. All right, Next number week. 10, we're going to the CTC. 7-1 Thames River at 7-1 ATI. Both these teams still in the mix. ATI's fifth in Class M right now. Thames River is seventh. Both of their losses came to Bullard Havens. Yeah. And just, it's the just second a little play, note. This is their second place in the, in the season. Thames River's defense has allowed just 99 points all year in nine games. In eight games. Wow. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm going with ATI. Yeah, I'm going with ATI. <laughs> I love it. I think, I think, listen, Rich Holmes does a great job up there. They're getting back to the playoffs. I'm going yeah. with him. I love Thames River. I picked you guys a couple weeks ago. I think it's so cool what they're doing up there. I just ATI is just too good in that league. They battled with Bullard Havens. They, they were right there at halftime against Bullard Havens. Thames River really was never in the game against Bullard Havens. So if we go with that method. You know, ATI should win. Plus, it's at ATI. That's a far drive. Yeah. So I like, yeah, at at Mustang that Mustang Valley. <laughs> Give it, well, okay. <laughs> uh, Oof. 
this was this was hard. This was a long one. Yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah, this is where we start to we start running on fumes this time of year. But before you know it, it's gonna be tasty. But we got capsules to do. We got playoff scenarios. Playoffs. To do. Playoffs. We got prep shell. I'll be at prep Shelton. I don't know where I'm gonna be. I'm thinking Sheen Ham Hamden. Unfortunately, it's not at Hamden. It's at Sheen. I live right down the block from Hamden. But I'm thinking that nice six and two game. You know, we were doubting hey. Hamden when they played Amity. They they shut us up really, really, really quickly. And What's it'd be nice. Happening? It'd be nice to see Sheen get back on Little the horse. Cross, if they win. Little cross beat him up. No. Hamity. Oh man, I can't wait to pick North Haven next week. So, uh, it's been a long, long podcast. Thanks for Anthony Morello for joining us. For Peter Paguaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. This has been the Meat Grinder and Game Time CT. We'll see you out there.